Kuftes Zayin, about 70% of the way down the Yomu, there's a new Mishnah. <coughs> Somebody who steals a, f- a field from his friend, and then the Gazlan has it seized away uh, from him by tough guys. Now, um, what's the responsibility level there? Well, it depends. Colon im, makas medina. He, if it's sort of a plague that there's numerous cases of land being seized away by tough guys, then uh, the person who stole the field can say back to the rightful owner, I'm really Harry Shalafanacha. All right, listen, I decided to give your field back. Now, it might be these tough guys there, but he can do that. However, comma, im, I also squiggle underline this word, im, imachmas ha gazlan, if it's because of the gazlan, which we'll see what that means exactly when we get to the Gemara, Mr. Thief has to uh, repay or uh, uh, give the monetary equivalent or another field similar to the field that he stole from the rightful owner. Says the Gemara, of Nachmar Yitzhak, the word in the Gemara that we used for the tough guys who take things that are not theirs was masikin with a samach. So Nachmar Yitzhak says, mantitani masikin, I double underline the samach, lo mishtabish is not mistaken, umantitani, and anyone who teaches also uh, the girsa in the Mishnah being uh, alternatively ma. Seekin with a tzadi, I double on that tzadi line mishdabish. In other words, either spelling of the word is understandable, and here's the source for each one of those spellings. Madetani, those who teach the Mishnah, with a tzadi line mishdabish. We have a precedent for using this term. The pasuk says be matzor ube matzok under siege and oppression, and clearly the thieves were tough guys who oppressed the people they. I stole it from. Oman detani masikin, I underline masikin as well, also is lo mishtabesh, that's actually the gears that we have in the mission as we have it printed up above, dixiv, there's a pasuk, um, says, yareish ha-tzlal tzal, or ha-tzel-la-tzal, um, the, uh, tochacha, um, the tzlal tzal, umetargaminan, the, uh, locusts will inherit it, the, the targum is, ya, Chasnine from the like yichus uh, like to inherit or come sakaa, and that would be the masikin are those that uh, consume um, other people's uh, stuff. Says so the Mishnah, Imach Masagazan Chayev. Hey Chidami, what's the uh, case if it was because of the Gaza? What do you mean it's because of the Gaza? So Ilema Dansua Laaradi Day, if they uh, took away. The tough guys came and seized this land. When they didn't take anyone else's land, well, we would already know that for the from the first line in the Mishnah, which said, "Here's a quote: Im Machmas Medina he." And the simple diuk, if it's not a Machmas Medina, Im Lo Lo. So, like, it's obvious. Just tell me if it's a Machmas Medina, then the Gazlan is not responsible to refund the field to the rightful owner. But the diuk is, if it isn't, it isn't. So the Gemara has two answers. Answer number one is low. That's not the case. Rather, tzricha de achvuye. And the lishnachrina, which I squiggle underline, answer number two is hachomayeskina going to ansua akum. And we'll get to that in a minute. So let's see the first answer. The first answer is de achve achvuye. Rashi says, shaloi gazla hu atzma. He actually didn't steal it. 
Really? So what did he do? Why are we fingering him for possible responsibility? He heard, he has inside info and in with the, uh, the, the authorities that they, uh, there were some characters who were going to come on and steal fields. And he sort of pointed out to them, you know what? Go take, uh, Chuck's field over there. That's the Achve Achvuge. Lishnachrina, uh, Squilan and Lishnachrina. Second answer is that, uh, really, he did steal the field. Uh, there were, uh, Gentile tough guys who were trying to rough him up and take stuff, uh, from him. The Amri land, they said to him, Alright, listen, buddy, you show us your land because we want to take it over. And he did that. He also showed them somebody else's land along with his land. Period. He pointed out to, um, again, all these cases are where there's these uh, Gentile tough guys who are coming to steal something. He pointed out a pile of, uh, of wheat uh, that had been owned by the Reish Galusa. The case came before Rav Nachman. And Rav Nachman made this fellow responsible to pay for uh, whatever the value of that pile of grain was. Yosef Rav Yosef, I half box Rav Yosef. So you have Rav Yosef, who's in the second row. Rav Huna Barchia is in the first row. The Yosef Rav Huna Barchia kamed Rav Nachman, and the great Rav Nachman's up at the, the front on the stage. Amar lei Rav Huna Barchia. Rav Nachman's Rav Huna Barchia in the first row asks the uh, the rabbi, do you know Iknasa? Okay, we understand that you were mechayev that fellow to compensate. Was that because that was like the strict letter of the law, or was it a kenas that you put on him? Amalei, so says back of Nachman, must isn't he? Yeah, well, it's our Mishnah, Ditsnan. Here's a quote from our Mishnah. Goes to the first word on the next line. The uh, Mishnah said, uh, if the land was seized because of the Gazlan, then then the Gazlan would be responsible to compensate the original rightful owner with a, a similar field. Now, that's what the Mishnah said, connected for Ukimna, and we already established that about five lines ago in the Gemara, as being it's not where he actually took the rightful original owner's field, it's just kind of like where he pointed out to the uh, Gentile uh, gangsters where it was. Okay, that's what Rav Nachman answered. I guess the shear was finished, or the session was finished, after Rav Nachman went out, the fellow in the second row says to the fellow in the first row, Rav Nachman, Amrle Rav Yosef, to Rav Huna Bar like, what difference does it make to you? You ask the question, but like, who cares? Whether it's strict letter law, whether it's the psak, was the psak. Tell me what the nafkamin is. So he says to him back, well, it's very important to know what the basis of the psak was, because if it's like strict, if it's the, the just the uh, a letter of the law, and that's the way you have to do it, then we could learn it as a precedent. However, if it's a, a one-off knas that the rabbi imposed, in this case, like Amrin and me, nay, we do not learn from it. Okay, really? If a like a big rabbi imposes a knas on someone, we can't use that as a precedent for other cases. Where do we know to be knas that if there's a knas, you can't apply that and use that as a precedent for other cases? Well, this sign, we have a Bryce of the Bryce who goes for a line and a half and starts here. Okay, so originally they said that, let's say, uh, I have my neighbor Bob, 
and he's got things that are tahor, and I make them tummy, I know, like a, I rub a dead sheretz all over them, or I pour out uh, some of his wine uh, to the Avodah Zar. In other words, I did actions that is not discernible on the thing itself uh, that it was done, but it made it usher, and, and those things I would have to uh, compensate him for them, I'd have to pay. They included also um, afterwards, afha midamea, if let's say, uh, um, I had some, took some chulen of my neighbor and mixed it into somebody else's truma, um, that that would also be included in having to compensate. Um, chazru in. Now, uh, the back of the Gemara, the Gemara makes a uh, diuk, loy chazru, loy. Okay, so uh, they went back and said yes, but if not, not. Now, my taima, why is that? That they didn't go back, no. Why couldn't we learn it as a precedent? La mishum, should we not say because it's a kanasahu? We we don't learn. We can't. We can take din and use it as a precedent for other dinim, but you can't take a situation where there was a kanas and use that for other cases because every kanas case is different. So should we not say that? No, we won't. Lo, comma mi ikara savri. Originally figured lehefsed meruba chashashu lehefsed muat lechashashu. It's not so much a kanas issue, but it's how much loss is being caused to the other party, where it's a significant loss like um, making somebody's taras totally tame, or being menasek wine, where it's a total loss, then or a significant loss, then we would apply. But with medamea, worse that happens. You put some chulin and trumas. If you need to be made truma, it's worth a little bit less. Ula b'saif, however, afterwards, upon analyzing it, the chazru loimar was based on savri lehefsed muad namil chashashu. No, even in cases where the loss might not be significant, the rabbis were concerned. Any really? That's the correct analysis. But we have the brisa, seemingly about the similar incident, and uh, it goes for a line and a half, and it's a slightly different order of what they were originally uh, saying was going to be the responsibility of the one who had ruined it to pay up, and and added something else. Brishayna, which I squiggle underline. Hayu oimrim ha mitame. If I rub a, je- a dead sheretz on the uh, Taurus of my neighbor, oh, Midamea, interesting, this is in the first list, Midamea, where I uh, mixed some chulen into his truma, uh, or mixed some of his chulen into his truma, thereby causing a loss of the value of his chulen, and Kama Chazru Loimar, apparently the second step was Afha Minaseich, which sounds like Chazru, when they changed, th- when they when they reanalyzed the situation in, but Lo Chazru, if they hadn't, Lo, my time, what would be the reason there? That Menasek uh, wouldn't be high if Lamishum Again, isn't it that we don't learn? We don't take an example of where there was a Kanas imposed and use it as a precedent for other places. So the Gemara again says, no, that's not the reason. Lo, Mi'ikara Savri, originally they held like Rabbi Oven, who we'll see shortly, Ubisayf Savri, Karebi Yirmiya. Colon. And here's the two opinions. Me'ikara originally, I double underline me'ikara. Savri kerbavin and underline rebavin. Why? What does rebavin say? Well, Dhamma rebavin, he's the one who looks at. Imagine it's a Saturday morning. Um, I pick up an arrow and I uh, shoot it. I'm in the Rishus Rabbim. I pick up an arrow. I shoot it through the Rishus Rabbim and it goes, let's say, uh, five amas and then lands. That is a Isser de Araisa. And a person who does such a thing like that would actually be uh, potentially Chayev uh, Misa. Let's say if, as the arrow was flying, it ripped through 
uh, somebody's jacket and caused a monetary damage. So says Rabbi Yovan, Zarchetz on Shabbos, Mitchilas Arba Lesayfarba, uh, from an area till four hours away, Vikara Shoyim Belechasa, and it, it ripped through some silks of a person as it was traveling. The one who shot the arrow would be Potter. Why? We know there's a concept of Kamle Bide Rabamine, that if through one act there would be two potential punishments, you give him the worst of the two punishments and the other one falls off. Uh, in this case, uh, it's not a Chiv Daraisa if you just put something down there, Shusrav. It has to be picked up and either uh, walked or thrown or shot uh, more than four hours and then land. In other words, the beginning of the act, even though it takes a little bit of time, is the lifting up of the arrow, was it Tzorach HaNacha, Neser HaNacha, and therefore Mitzchayev Ben Afshay. That's the way we figured what was going on. Here too, the lifting of the wine was necessary. You can't do Nisuch on wine. You can't pour out wine to Vodazar unless you actually lift up the container that has the wine. And therefore the Tashlumen, the payment that would have to be made, and the Chiyav Misa for Vodazar came as one. That's the way they originally looked at it. However, Ula Besaif, I double on Lubasaif upon final analysis, they decided that it was more correct to go like Savri Kirabirmia, I underline Rabirmia's name. What does Rabirmia say? Dam Rabirmia. Mishas Hagba Kanye, that as soon as the person lifts up uh, the other guy's uh, wine, he has acquired it, and therefore he chayavle mama. And it was at that moment that he had the responsibility to pay back for the wine. However, the mischayav ben if he's going to, you know, a second later, turn around and pour it out to uh, Buddha, lo havi ad shas nisuk, until he actually pours it out, he's not chayav, and therefore it would not be a case of kamle bide rabamine. Period. Ravuna bar Yehudu, I underline, ikla lebei evyuni, went to that place, also the kame de rava, underline rava. So he, um, he uh, meets up with rava. Amar lei, rava, said to Rav Hunabar Yehuda, Oh, how are you? Have any interesting cases uh, come recently uh, to you? Amarle, so Rav Hunabar Yehuda says, uh, Yeah. Um, I have a case, uh, the case that I had recently was uh, Yisrael She'ansuhu, I squiggle on She'ansuhu, there was a Jew who had been forced by Gentiles, uh, Baliyadi, and he uh, showed, he gave away the place where there was uh, some item of value of somebody else, and I made him chayiv to compensate that person. Amarle, so said Rava back to Ravuna Bar Yehuda, you better retract that psak. Ahader uvdalamare, let him take his money back. Desanya, we have a Tanaic source that indicates otherwise. And here, till the end of the line, I box it off as a Tanaic source. Yisrael is a Jew, that the Gentiles forced him. Um, Force him twisting his arm, force him maybe said they'd kill him, but Vehera Mama in Chaveray, and he uh, shows where uh, some other uh, Jew is uh, keeping some uh, assets of value. Potter, the original Jew, is actually off the hook for having to compensate. However, Vim Natal Venasan Biyad, if that uh, first uh, the, 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 the Jew who's getting his arm twisted actually physically lifts up and takes something of value, let's say a Rolex watch, and gives it to the Gentiles, then he would be Chayev. That is the end of the take source. Amar Rabba, Rabba comments, There's where a person is being forced 
to give over some information, then is where he offers it of his own free will and accord. And Rabbah points out that if the Jew points out to the uh, Gentile thieves on his own, not being forced, then that's tantamount to actually having physically like picked it up and given it to them, and he would be chayev. From here till the end of today's shir, we're going to have seven uh, cases. All of them start with hahu gavra. Let's put a diamond around this uh, term hahu gavra here. About six, seven lines later, First word on the line is Nami. In the middle line, there's another Hahu. I put a diamond around that. Three lines below that. Last one on the line is Boi. I put a diamond around the Hahu Gavra. If you flip over Talmud Bays, about ten lines down, after the two dots, first word on the Zamri, there's another Hahu. I put a diamond around that. About eight lines, nine lines later, first words on the line are Da'achvui Achvuye. Uh, in the middle line, it says Hahu Gavra. I put a diamond around that. Five lines later, six lines later, beginning the line is a hugavra, that gets a diamond, and on the first wide line, in the middle of the line is a hugavra, that gets a diamond, there's seven cases, here we go, here's the first. Hugavra, there was this guy. Da'ansua Oyvei was being forced by Gentiles, va'achve achamra, and he fingered, he pointed out where the wine was of Rav Marie, Braid Rav Pinchas, Braid Rav Chista, Kama. Amarle. Uh, the uh, Gentile tough guy said to this uh, this uh, fellow, uh, "Dari ve'amti behadan." Uh, Dari, like lift up and uh, basically, uh, you know, help us carry these barrels of wine that you just fingered. Uh, then we're going to take them to the uh, the palace. Dara ve'amti behadaya. So he did what he was told. They were basically forcing him to do that. He lifted up and brought along with them. And then the case came uh, before Asalakami Ravashi. I know Ravashi, and uh, the case was, does this fellow have to compensate the uh, rightful owner or not? Well, Patrinu Ravashi patrid him and said he did not. Amrulei Rabbanan, I am on the Rabbanan, Rabbanan said Ravashi, really? Vatanya, uh, but we have a uh, brysa that would seem to uh, indicate otherwise. It said, here's a four or five word quote, we had it just above, im nasa v'nasan biyad chayev. That if he actually like physically lifted up and gave it to him, he'd be chayev. So why are you saying pater? Amrle, because Ravashi qualifies that price. Hani mili hechadilai ukme ilave miikara. That's where he didn't take them there first. In other words, if he goes into wherever there he is and brings it out himself, then yeah, he's going to be chayev. Uh, but what happens here? Avalhecha to ukme ilave miikara. What did he do? He was having his arm twisted. He pointed out the area where the item that they were interested in was mikle kali. He's already, so to speak, burned it, and the fact that they might have him as a schlepper afterwards doesn't mechayev him. Okay, Esrei Rabbi Avodah of Ashi, the following one-line Tanaic source, which would seem to indicate otherwise, says the Tanaic source, Amalayanas, if you have a uh, tough guy who says, uh, Hey, uh, Jew, Hoishitli Pekia Amirza, give me that, like, ball of string or ball of wool, uh, or Eshkol Anavimza, hand me that uh, cluster of grapes, the Hoishitli, and the Jew hands it to him, he's going to be Chayev. So you see that there is going to be a chiv, even though he's basically seemingly in the, there and can do it himself. Answers the Gemara that, no, he's basically not there and can't do it himself. Hachamayaskin, the case is going to kai betray every nara. The reason why the anas is telling the Jew, hey, hand me that thing, is because the guy is on the other side of the river and can't reach it himself. And that's why there would be a chiv if the Jew actually hands it over to the guy. Dekanami, precise reading of the Tanaic source, will bring out this point. Dekatani, for it said... Hoyishi didn't say give it to me. He said like stretch out your arm and let me have it. Velotani and it didn't say ten. Shmamina that indeed that is the case. 
Hahu, this is the second of our seven cases. Hahu, Shusa, Dahavu, Manswala Betre. There was Rashi's, Shusa's, Machmeres for a dog, some sort of uh, trap to trap fish or animals. And there were two people who were fighting over it. Bob said it was his, Carl said it was his. Hi, Amar, Didi, who? Bob said it's mine. Hi, Amar, and Carl says, Didi, who? It's mine. So one of the two of them went, Umasra, and gave it over, Le Par Hagna de Malka, gave it over to a, an official officer of the uh, king. <coughs> okay, now what? Well, Amar Abaye, circle the Abaye's name, Abaye says, Yahaloimar, um, that fellow who gave it over, can say, Anaki Masri, Didi Masri. Hey, listen, yeah, I was given over. It was mine to give over. I've been claiming it's mine the whole time. Oh, Amarle Rava, I underline Rava, Rava says back to Abaye. Really, when you have two people fighting over something, one of them can decide to give it away. The whole Kamine is that within his uh, ability? The, the issue is already a disagreement as to who was the rightful owner. Elama Rava, I circled Rava, and Rava says uh, quite differently. That no, that fellow who gave it away to the Parhanga is put in Cherem until uh, he brings it back and and has a proper court case. Uh, on the issue. Period. And our third case, Ahu Gavra, put a diamond around that, um, and this, I would say, you're all going to agree, we're going to call it a Shas Classic. Here we go. Ahu Gavra, Dave Boy, there was a uh, fellow who wanted Achvuye Tivna de Chavre. He wanted to uh, point out to some uh, Gentile tough guys where the straw of his uh, fellow was. Asla came to Rav, and he came to Rav. Um, Amarle, um, Rav said to that fellow, listen, lo techvi velo techvi. Don't you show him, don't you, don't you show them, don't you show those Gentile tough guys. Amarle, and now this is quite a chutzpah to say back to the God of Lador, he says, uh, machvina, machvina. Well, I'm going to show him, I'm going to show him. Oh boy. That's a chutzpah. Yes, Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana was uh, there, Kamei Rav, in the presence of Rav. And apparently Rav Kahana um, wasn't going to stand for that type of behavior. He essentially uh, broke the guy's neck and killed him. Shamte lekue mine. Uh, literally, he dislocated the bones of his spine or his neck or broke his neck and essentially killed him. Okay, now th- that... Uh, it was probably uh, uh, deserving of that, and uh, we know Rav Kahana, and Rav Kahana was uh, not a violent murderer. Uh, Kari Rav Alei, uh, Rav referred to uh, this incident uh, uh, with the Pasuk of Banayich Ulfu Shukhu Barosh Kalchutsais Ketai Michmar. Your uh, children, your sons have, have fainted, they lie at the uh, head of all the streets. Like a toy, which is some sort of like wild bull or wild ox in a net. Uh, what's the comparison? Ma toize, uh, the uh, wild ox. Kavan shenafal b'michmar. Once it falls into the trap, ain merachman alav. You don't have rachmim on it. You like kill it instantly. Af mamin shel yisroel. So too when it comes to uh, assets of the uh, Jews. Kavan nafal biyadav dikachavim. And then the goyim get a hold of it. Ein merachman alav. They don't have any rachamim on it. Okay, I'm a Rav Kahana. Uh, so Rav Kahana uh, says, um, well, this might be a bit of a problem because the local authorities do not uh, look very uh, kindly upon a case of murder. Ada idna, like up until recently, 
Havu, it's a question of the Girsa here, but there was the, uh, the Gentile authorities, we'll call them the Parsai, were the Persians, it doesn't bother them so much if a Jew kills another Jew. However, now, Ika Yevanim, some switch to Girsas, there's the Greeks, or people who came from Greek, they're very particular, uh, and, uh, not to, to care if there's a case of uh, a person killing another person, the uh, Amri, and, and, and they will uh, go nuts about this and uh, say, Mardin, Mardin, like uh, uh, murderous treachery, murderous treachery. Um, hmm. So uh, what, what, what are we supposed to do over here? Uh, they don't want us to come after him. So Kum Sakla Ara di Israel. Um, the recommendation is uh, from Rav Trav Kahana to uh, go up to move to make Aliyah, move to Israel, Allah and uh, accept upon yourself that you will not ask any uh, questions to Rabbi Yochanan Shevashanan for seven years. Apparently, Rav Kahana was brilliant beyond uh, description, and uh, Rabbi Yochanan is the Gadol Adorner to Israel. Uh, Rav Kahana is told by Rav that he's to move to Israel and not ask Rabbi Yochanan any questions for seven years. Okay. So that's what he did. Rav Kana moved to Israel, Ashkeche, and um, obviously went to wherever the uh, Torah study was in Israel, and he found Reish Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan's famous uh, Bar Plukta. That, that term that he was sitting and finishing the yeshiva, the shir for the day of the rabbis, which essentially Rashi explains it. Rabbi Yochanan would say the shir. And Reish Lakish would go over the shear and clarify some of the uh, 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 finer points for the other uh, Rabbanon. Uh, basically, he was the guy who would say over the shear uh, to the others. Amar Lehu. Now, Rav Kana shows up in town and says to the rabbis, uh, Where's this uh, Reish Lakish fellow? Reish Lakish Hecha. Amar Lehu, they said to Rav Kana, I guess they didn't recognize, Why are you asking, sir? Amar Lehu. Well, he says uh, to them, Hi Kushav, a high Kush, I got this question on the shear, and I got that question on the shear. Hi Peruk of a high Peruk, and I got this approach to answer it, and another approach to answer it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so they didn't exactly point out who Reishakish was, but Amrule, they said uh, to Reishakish, and they told him there was a fellow who had some like great questions. Um, Azul Reishakish, Reishakish went Amrule and told Rabbi Yochanan, uh, better be prepared for tomorrow's shear because Ari Alami Bavo, there's clearly a lion that has moved here from Babylonia. Um, basically, that this uh, fellow, we're not really sure who he was, but he was on the ball. Um, Le'ayin, and therefore, Ishakish's, I guess, suggestion to Rabbi Yochanan is Le'ayin Mar de la Machar. Be very precise, I guess, more precise than you usually were. Scrutinize your shear for tomorrow because. Uh, could very well be this guy's going to be asking right, left, and center and everything you say. Okay, what did they do? Lamachar, the next day, the shear started. Lamachar, oisvua bedarakama. They put this new fellow who had just moved from Bavel up into the first row, Kamed Rabbi Yochanan, right in front of Rabbi Yochanan. Amar Shmaisis, Rabbi Yochanan started to shear. Velo Akshi, and this fellow had no questions. Shmaisa, he taught another part of a shear. Velo Akshi, and he had no questions. Now, he got put up in the front row because apparently they were waiting for some bomb question, but nothing came. Now, we know the reason it didn't come was because he had taken a vow that he wouldn't ask any questions for seven years. So, Shevadari. apparently they demoted him, probably in the middle of the shear, and put him back seven rows, until he was in the last row. Now, I guess after the shear, maybe a break in the shear, Rabbi Yochanan says to Reish Lakish, really, 
This is the lion that you said. Uh, well, this lion has become basically a fox. Ari Shamris, Nasa Shual. It's sort of like cunning, but you know, doesn't have the strength of the lion. Amar. Now, this is a very embarrassing incident, obviously, for Afkahana, who was put up in the front row and then uh, during the Shear moved back to uh, uh, one row at a time till he's in the back row. So he says to uh, kind of himself, like a Lashon of Tefillah, Yehei Ravi he Ratzain, Tahani Shevadari, that these seven rows that I got pushed back, Lahave Chiluv, should be in exchange for the Shevashan in the seven years, Da'amarli Rav, that Rav said I had to wait before he asked any questions. And basically, I guess the, the embarrassment of being put Back seven rows is going to count as the seven years. So, Kamakare, he got up on his feet. Uh, Amarle, and I guess the next year, or after the break in this year, he said to Rabbi Yochanan, uh, Nahadar Mar Beresha. Uh, can you uh, say the shear over again? <laughs> Why do you ask? Okay, so he starts saying the shear over again. Amar Shmaisava Akshi said the first teaching and had a great question. Okay. They said, okay, you know what, actually, buddy, you can go from the seventh row. We're going to move you up. Akma Bedara Kama on the front row. Amar Shmeister, Rabbi Yochanan continued and taught some more of Akshi, and Rav Khan had a great question. Now, Rabbi Yochanan had originally have a Yasiv Asheva. He had been uh, saying the Shir while he was seated on seven Bistarki, seven cushions or seven mattresses or seven pillows. And each time uh, a question was asked by Rav Kahana, and that which Rabbi Yochanan had said, Shalfi Lechada. Bistarka mitute, they would remove one of the cushions. Amar Shmaisa Vaakshile, and he kept saying teachings, Rabbi Yochanan, and Rav Kana kept asking on them. Ad de Shalfile Kulu Bistarki. Until they had removed all of the mattresses, and where's Rabbi Yochanan sitting? Mitute and Ad de Yosvalara, until Rabbi Yochanan, the great Gadol Adorner Tisro, was sitting on the floor. Okay, um, Rabbi Yochanan Gavra Sabahave, he was a uh, quite an elderly uh, man at that time. Umesarchi uh, Gevine. The way Rashi explains this is that his uh, his eyebrows hung very low down over his eyes. Could be maybe his eyelids. Either way, he, he didn't really see well um, because of that. Amar Lehus Rabbi Yochanan, uh, you know, upon... Uh, this incident where the, all these great questions being asked by this uh, new uh, fellow who just moved from Bavel, says to his Talmidim, uh, literally like lift up my eyes, maybe lift up my eyebrows or my eyelids or some way, like I, I want to I see this fellow. Dalulay, they did that. Uh, they used a mechalta de kaspa with a, uh, a silver uh, toothpick type of thing. They helped lift it up. The look that he got from Rav Kahana when he first looked at him, Chaza Departe Sifivase. He saw that his um, his lips were, I don't know, split. He, maybe he got into a fight or something, and he had a split lip. Now, Rabbi Yochanan misunderstood that. Sava Rabbi Yochanan, uh, he figured, Well, this fellow's laughing at me. Uh, now, when you're the God of Lador, and as far as you can uh, deduce, somebody's laughing at you. Chalash daite. Rabbi Yochanan had a chalish dadas. He got really uh, either upset or depressed or weakened. Um, now, when that happens to the God Ador, the one responsible for it, regardless of whether he's uh, really responsible or it was just a mistake, Nachnafshe Rav Kahana actually died. Now, Nachnafshe could mean he died, uh, could mean he died of embarrassment, could mean he passed out. Um, either way, 
that's the end of Rav Kahana, or so we think. Lamachar, the next day, so Rabbi Yochanan, uh, going over this incident with the rabbi, says, uh, Do you see how um, dishonorable that Babylonian acted? How he was making faces at me? They said back to Rabbi Yochanan, Well, you know, with all due respect, Rabbi, he wasn't like making faces at you. That was just his, his look. He had that funny face uh, because, uh, I don't know, he had a split lip. Rabbi Yochanan realizes, oh my goodness, what a mistake in judgment he had made. So, he went to the cave. I guess that's where they had put Rav Kahnan, or if they buried him, they just put him there. Maybe it was the hospital emergency ward. I, I don't know. But Chaza, Dahave Hadra Leachna, he saw it at the entrance to this cave. Rabbi Yochanan saw the entrance to this cave that he wants to go in. And uh, I guess see the deceased uh, Rav Kahana, Hadrale Achna, there was a snake or a serpent, like a, a bowl constrictor, some massive uh, thing that had twirled itself around and stuck its tail in its mouth and, and blocked the entranceway. Amarle. So says Rabbi Yochanan, Achna, Achna, O serpent, O serpent, Pasach, Pumeich, open up your mouth, and he opens up his mouth, and his tail comes out of his mouth, and and let the rabbi go visit the student. The loy Pasach, the serpent, didn't listen. Okay, Rabbi Yochanan continues and says to the serpent, Okay, let the colleague go in and see his colleague. Below Pasach, the serpent didn't let him in. Okay, says Rabbi Yochanan, Let the student go to the rabbi. Amazingly enough, Pasach the serpent then opened up, uh, released the entranceway, and uh, Rabbi Yochanan davened and brought him up. Uh, you could say brought him back to life. You could say that maybe he was in a coma. But either way, he he brought him back. Amar Le, and Rabbi Yochanan says now to Rav Kahana, who he realizes is a uh, very uh, unique, uh, special Talmud Chacham, uh, Listen, I'm terribly sorry. If I would have known that it was your normal way, like that that look on your face wasn't mocking me, but that's just the way you normally look, I wouldn't have gotten all uh, all depressed. Hashta, now please, Lacey Marbahadan, can you please uh, come with us and you know come back to the uh, yeshiva? I guess. Amar Le says from Kahana back to Rabbi Yochanan. Imotes l'mi bayirachmi desuloi shechivna. If uh, you're able to uh, daven that I will, you know, never again be zapped and uh, you know put to death or put in a coma uh, because of an uh, incident like this. Azilna, I will go ve'ilo, and if not, lo azilna, I ain't going. Because since the hour has passed, the hour has passed. In other words, it's clearly a miracle here um, that I've been brought back to life. And those uh, happen maybe once in a lifetime. I can't assume that if you, uh, you know, put me into some sort of death-like state again, that, that this will happen, and I'd actually prefer to live. So, Tai Ray, uh, he woke up from his uh, deep sleep, Ukme, and then he gave him back his, uh, brought him fully back to life. And Shaile Kalsveka Dahavele, he asked him all the uh, questions. This is amazing. Rabbi Yochan, the God of the asked all of the things that he wasn't sure about to Rav Kahanu, Pashtinu Niale. And Rav Kahanu had all the answers. Hainudam Rabbi Yochanan, and this is along the lines of the famous statement that Rabbi Yochanan uh, said when he was once talking to all of his students. He says that um, he, he actually had a an epiphany at a certain point in his life. He he had felt that the true Messiah of uh, 
Tyra in reality was of those who were in Israel, and he actually changed his mind that the, the true clarity in Torah learning, at least at that time, in Torah reality, was actually of the Bnei Bavel. And the way he says that is, I had figured it was the all, like speaking to a crowd of uh, Israeli Tamid uh, Chamim. No, it's theirs, referring to those in um, Bavel. The fourth case, we put a diamond around that. There was uh, somebody who showed out, uh, pointed out the valuable um, silk uh, material that Rabbi Abba had to a uh, Gentile. Yasser Rebavo, number one. Number two, Bar Papi. Number three, Rabbi uh, Nafka. Those are the three uh, rabbis who are going to deal with this. The Yosef Reb Gabayu, and I unlearned Rebbe Law. So you have Rebbe Vo, Bar Papi, Rabbi Nafka, and Rabbi Law. Now, Savar and they figured that they were going to make this guy Chayev to compensate for the uh, silks. from the following Tanaic source. It goes for about three lines and says, Danas Adin, if you have a judge who judged a case and he, uh, seemingly he judged it incorrectly, Zika Esachayev, he made innocent the one who was really liable, or Chiev Esachayev, he made liable the one who was really innocent, or Time Esachayev, he said it was Tame one who was really tower, or Tira Esachayev, Masha Asasui, so the judgment stands, however, Yishalem Mibesai, that he, uh, this judge will be responsible to like compensate uh, out of his own out of his own pocketbook, um, which sounds like he's responsible even for just saying something and actually do anything. Uh, so uh, shouldn't we make that hahu guy who just said where uh, Rabbi Abba's silks were to the uh, Gentile tough guys? Amar le so Rabbi says back to those three. I guess Amar lehu Rabbi Law hachi Rav. No, Rav explained that Tanaic source differently. Vehu shenasa venasan biyad. That's where um, he actually, in each one of the cases, he describes how it was an active thing that was done, not just words. Now, uh, Amri lay, uh, so uh, all uh, four of these uh, rabbis, that's Rebbe Vo, Rebbe Papi, Rebbe as well as Rebbe Loi, they said to Rebbe Abba, who's the one who had his silks uh, taken, Zil Shimon ben El-Yokim, Rebbe Parta, go if you want to have the case seen to, to the, uh, we'll bump it up a level, to the experts, to Dine Didina Digarmi, they are the the uh, local experts, the uh, current experts in in judging these cases of causative damages. Azulagabayu, so he went to them, Chayvei, Mimasnisin, um, and he was Mechayev, the person to have to pay from uh, the following Mishnah, our Mishnah. I uh, put right angles in it, quote for one line. And we had already said, connector, Ve'ukimna, we established that as being a case of De'achve'achvuye. If you uh, turn back to Amad Aleph, we had said that that was a case of Achve'achvuye. Uh, that was the, uh, it's actually the uh, Amud Bey's. That's where we started, Kuf Tes Zion Amut Beis, on uh, about six lines from the bottom. Who governed? There was this guy. This is the fifth case. Put a diamond around who governed to have a mafkid le kasa de kasa. He had deposited with him a silver cup. Sliku ganvi ilave, and there were these thieves that uh, came. Shakla yahavalahu, and this fellow took the silver cup and gave it to them. Okay, uh, is he responsible or not? Also, the comment to Rabba, 
I circled Rabbah's name, so the case came to Rabbah. Patre and Rabbah said, no, this fellow is a uh, potter. He doesn't have to, like, uh, I don't give up his life, or he doesn't, he, uh, he doesn't have to compensate the owner of the silver cup with anything. Amrle Abaye, Abaye says to Rabbah, but isn't this a case of high Isn't this a case of you're saving yourself using somebody else's stuff? Ella, so I squiggle under the Ella, Lamar Ravashi. Ravashi says we have to analyze this case a little bit differently. I circled Ravashi, Chazinan, let's look into this, colon. E, I squiggle underline the E. And one line later, there's another E, I squiggle underline that. E, Inish Ahmed, who, if this person is a man of means. He's a wealthy person. He's probably got lots of other valuable things. Adaita Asu, they were coming for him, and therefore when he offered somebody else's silver cup that he was watching, he would be chayiv to compensate for it. On the other hand, Kamaviilo, and if not, if that fellow doesn't really have the financial ability to have anything of value, then Clearly, they were coming for what? For the silver cup that they knew was there, and the, uh, he would not be responsible for compensating for the silver cup. The sixth case, there was this guy, he was uh, the fellow that they deposited a, uh, a sack of money which would be used for redeeming captives. <coughs> I guess the word got out. Sliku Ganvi Ilave. These uh, thieves came to uh, steal from him. Shakla, what did he do? Yahavani Elayu. He gave them the sack filled with uh, cash. And now the case is uh, going to be brought to court. Rava, does this fellow have to now compensate the uh, communal funds, which are going to be used for uh, redeeming captives? But Rava, Patre, he let he said the guy's off the hook, doesn't have to pay anything. Amalia Baye, Andalina Baye, Baye said to Rava, but isn't this Hamatzalatzalam Isn't he using uh, somebody else's funds for himself? And you would normally assume he'd be chayiv to compensate. Amalia says, Rava, will take a step back. You, you can't have a greater case of redeeming captives. I mean, they might have taken him captive if he didn't give them the money and, and therefore certainly does not have to compensate. The final case, Ahugavra, put a diamond around the Ahugavra, De Aktim Vasakamra Lemabra. He, I guess there was the ferry boat that would go from one side to the other side of the river and he uh, got there early and brought his donkey, before the other people uh, got into the riverboat. And then I guess the riverboat started its journey, and it was uh, too heavy. I don't know, there were too many people. It was also this donkey. Boy, it's bu'e. And it seemed like um, maybe the donkey went a little bit meshuga and wanted to like drown the whole riverboat. Uh, comes along some other guy, we'll call him Bill, also, Hugavra, Bill comes along. Malach le lechamra da Hugavra. He um, basically pushed the donkey of this other, of this fellow off. Pushed him in the water and uh, he drowned to death. Okay, now the fellow, the donkey owner, wants to be compensated for his donkey from Bill. Asa lechame de Rabba. So the case comes before Rabba and on Rabba's name. Patre and Rabba says, no, no compensation necessary. Amar Le Abaye, and Le Abaye says to uh, Rabba, well, one second, isn't this a case of wasn't Bill saving himself by uh, causing a loss to somebody else's uh, assets? Amar Le says back, Rabba, hi, no, no, this case, like the owner of the donkey was really the first person responsible for doing something 
um, irresponsible. Mi'ikara, he was a rodev have. And uh, therefore, since he was a rodev, there's no liability for Bill who threw the donkey off the boat. That's Rabba Lata'ame. Rabba going according to reasoning, we have heard him say elsewhere. Dama Rabba. Um, Rodev. I squiggle and line the word Rodev. When you have one person who, for whatever reason, is chasing after another person, we'll say Carl is chasing after Bob. Carl's the Rodev. Carl, now Bob probably doesn't deserve to die, but Carl says he's going to kill him when he finds him. So a Rodev, Shay Rodev Achachavera Lahargai. Veshiber es hakelim, and uh, Carl on uh, his chase breaks other people's things. Bain shall nirdaf, bain shall kaladam. Whether it's things that belong to the one who's being chased, whether it's anyone else's things, Potter he's actually Potter from financially having to compensate. Why sharei mischay benafshay? Interestingly enough, because at, at that time, since he was chasing after someone else to kill them, he himself could have been killed, and since he himself legally could have been killed, any other action that took place, even if it caused loss of uh, financial uh, uh, means to other people, he's off the hook for. Whereas, comma, the nirdaf, I squeal on the nirdaf, the one who's being chased, and often people who don't bring other people don't break other people's things, but if they're chasing or chasing, then they might. So the nirdaf, sheshivra sakelem, if he breaks other people's things of the rodef, the things happen to be owned by the one who's chasing him, then he would be putter. Now, why? Don't you usually have to compensate if you uh, damage someone else's stuff? Well, uh, no, not in this case, because the reason he broke the Rodev's stuff was to try to get the Rodev off his uh, trail, and uh, the Rodev was trying to kill him. And, and you, you don't say that a person's uh, assets should be more valuable than their actual life. Aval shall call anyone else's stuff that the Nirdaf, the one who's being chased, would break uh, during this chase. The Nirdaf would be Chayev to compensate for. Why? Because of the concept of It's forbidden for a person to save himself using somebody else's things. Kama. The Rodev Shaya Rodev Acharodev Lahatzel. Let's say you have um, Bob is being chased by Carl, but then Dave is chasing Carl. Why? Because he's trying to save Bob. The Sheber Kalim and he, Dave, uh, during this chase, uh, breaks somebody else's things. Ben shall nirdaf, ben shall kaladam, whether it's the one who's being chased, whether it's anyone else's, he would be potter. Kama. Veloimin hadin. Now, that's not really like Ikr Hadin. Rashi says, Veloimin hadin, If you try, try to save yourself using somebody else's assets, you're All the more so if I try to save somebody else using a third party's assets. Ella, rather, and with this we're going to conclude, Shim if you don't say that, we do not want a situation in society where people will not help somebody who's being chased by a potential murderer, and therefore we let people know that if there's a situation where Bob is being chased by Carl and Carl's going to kill him, you can, even if in the process you damage other people's things, try to stop Carl. Adkan.